away we go with another edition of the Stampede Wrestling Show. Hello? Bruce. Hello? Is this Bruce? Yeah, how are you? Uh, how's it going? This is Michael McCurdy from ISWE Radio. Uh, Hold on, we are Michael. Are you, live, yeah. We are live on the air right now. Bob's having a little bit of technical difficulty, so I popped on real quick to try to get your show up and running. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I've been on uh, hold listening to uh sounded like uh, harp playing angels for about the last 20 minutes. So, um, yeah, nice to... Uh, have you on board, Mike, and uh, hope uh, everything else is going smoothly with the guests and whatnot. I'm excited about uh, some of the people that I'm anticipating on the show tonight. Well, um, I understand you have Ivan Koloff on as a guest tonight. I have spoke with Bob briefly. Unfortunately, I kind of came into this 100% unprepared. Um, I jumped on to try to get your show going live. Bob's on the line. Oh, we lost Bob again. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> as they say, shit happens. So hopefully, uh, it'll, exactly. Uh, as we say on our show, this is the wonders of live radio. Ladies and gentlemen, if anyone is out there listening, you are listening to tonight's episode of Heartbeat Radio. Um, I am currently the host, Michael McCurdy. I am the host of ISW Radio Wednesday nights here on Blog Talk Radio. And at this point in time, I am being joined by none other than Bruce Hart. And we will be welcoming, I believe, Ivan Koloff, as well as a few other guests tonight, as soon as technical difficulties are straightened out. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah. So, yeah. Any, uh... I don't know who you got on the line there or what there right now, Michael, but uh Ivan Koloff here. Yeah, is he Ivan. on there now? Ivan? Yes, sir. I'm here. Hello, I'm Ivan. All right. Hi, Ladies Ivan. and gentlemen, we are being joined on Heartbeat Radio by the legendary Russian bear, Ivan Koloff. <laughs> Ivan, welcome Thank to the you. show. Thank you so much. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, Ivan. I uh, uh, longtime admirer. I uh, I feel like I know you, uh, if only through all the uh, people I knew that knew you. You know, and I know my dad, and uh, my dad was a big fan of yours way back in the '60s. I guess when you were mm-hmm. working with Sador and Gene, and uh, and uh, your old friend uh, Dale Hay, uh, later to be known as Buddy Roberts, uh, came out to Calgary. Yes, I, get, I think you were sent about, and uh, I believe you're, uh, there was another guy who I was told was your brother, Jerry. I uh, didn't know if that was real or not, but nice, nice pair of guys, and my dad, my dad uh, was very big fan of both of them, and uh, I was happy to see uh, Buddy uh, later on became a pretty uh, highly respected worker, you know, as one of the uh, Freebirds. And before that, you know, he was uh, 
doing the Hollywood Blondes thing with Jerry Brown, I guess, in Montreal back in the uh, Grand Prix days or whatever. So, but yeah, That's I right. know they all spoke very well of you. Uh, I think at that, that was, I think, even before you'd become Ivan Koloff, you know, you'd been working for Gene and Sandor and uh, maybe Rod Fenton and that bunch in the uh, yeah. late uh, 66, 67, somewhere in there. Yeah, Hi, this is Bob. Hi. Hi. This is Bob. I'm on here. Uh, oh, yeah, we have Bob. Are you ready for me? I can, I can take, uh, I can just continue on if uh, Mike wants yeah. to. Uh, yeah, just talking off. to Ivan. Uh, great, Bob, right. great. I'll let you guys talk. Yeah. And I've got, uh, I've got Merv, Merv Ungers on live too to talk to you, so I'll let you guys. Yeah. Merv Ungers. Okay. Merv Ungers. Uh, that's a. That's a familiar name. Is that that shooter, Mervunger, that same guy? <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, Merv? Fantastic. I'm uh, really, really glad to uh, be able to talk to you again because the last time we were able to talk was at the Cauliflower Alley Club, and that's, what, about a year and a half ago. Yep, that's right. Yes, sir. Yep. So uh, you guys are not frozen in up there, I hope. Yeah, Island is always nice and warm, but uh, uh, Calgary is under about six feet of snow from what I hear. Yeah, that's what I heard, yeah. Yeah. That was a tribute to you that the Cauliflower Alley Club had in uh, Las Vegas a year and a half ago. I I really enjoyed that and really appreciated the way they... uh, uh, recognized uh, your uh, talent over the years, and uh, I know I made a video of it, and it's on Facebook or it's on YouTube right now. If anybody ever wants to look it up, just go on YouTube and type in Ivan Koloff, and you can see the video of his presentation. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, it's quite an honor for sure, just to be able to go out there. I had heard about Colorado Alley for so many years, and then I had an opportunity to be invited to go out there. It was uh, indeed a treat just to see a lot of the fans from Canada, uh, around the world, Japan, Europe, and uh, was uh, all there at the Colorado uh, Rally and uh, really seeing some of my old friends there, too, a lot of old friends. Yeah, and I uh, really enjoyed it. I think uh, you and I have known each other probably longer than anybody else around in the business because I was around when you first stepped the ring in Vancouver and uh, then later when I moved to Winnipeg, you were with the AWA at the time. So we've known each other for, I hate to say it, 50 years. Yeah. (laughs) We started, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can remember the the trips not only in the Vancouver area down to Portland, Oregon, and uh, up uh, the B.C. area, Washington State, but uh, my uh, famous trip to Calgary and meeting the great Stu Hart and the family, and, oh, man, uh, Buddy would be with me, like you were saying earlier, and uh, Buddy Roberts, and, uh, man, uh, going on to uh, Montreal after that, like a dream come true. Yeah, I know my dad had... He had a, a lot of respect for you. He, he was always, uh, you know, uh, very happy t- 
to see that you had a lot of success after he always seemed to uh, take a lot of pride in that and and buddy roberts too or deal hey you know he uh uh, he, he had uh, another of your old cronies, and maybe around that same time, named Stan Stasiak, who uh, also was right. sort of a, a WWF champion for a short stretch there. And uh, yep. and another one was uh, your other colleague, uh, Wayne Coleman, uh, better known as Superstar mm-hmm. Billy Graham. So he, he had all, you know, he, he had uh, all those guys in and. Uh, he, he took a lot of pride in kind of being uh, able to uh, help launch the careers of some of those guys. You know, they all, quite a few of them were uh, just getting their feet wet or just uh, uh, breaking in when my dad had them in. And uh, yeah, he, he was right. happy to see a lot of them uh, went on to uh, some pretty, uh, you know, high-level success. So. But yeah, yeah no, he was, you know what? He, he, of course, we about your dad. Uh, brother was uh, he ended up. Uh, I wrestled him one night, uh, not Reading, Calgary, but one of the towns around there. And uh, I remember it was like a twenty-minute time limit, and uh, <laughs> I figured he was going to beat me up. You know, because he's known for his reputation, be uh, stretchy a little bit once in a while. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but he did. He, uh, he went through the time limit and. I said, man, I didn't even get beat. <laughs> it made me happy that I ended up, uh, instead of getting beat uh, one match, I ended up going through the time limit without getting whipped, you know. So that, after getting uh, beat up for, you know, several years <laughs> before that, every time I got in the ring, it was, uh, it was uh, encouraging for St. Elise. And, yeah, what he did for Buddy, too. And uh, his buddy was really green, Dale Hay, and he ended up yeah. uh, sitting under his arm and just... Uh, including both of all of us out there, you know. Yeah, there was a good bunch. Uh, who were the guys when you were out in uh, Vancouver at that stretch, Ivan? Who were the... I remember some of the Eric Froelichs and uh, Jack Benson's and maybe old yeah, Dutch Savage. Was yeah, Dutch out there Savage. then? Sandy yeah, Barr. Yeah. Don, Don Sandy Leo, Barr. was he out? Was Jonathan out there in those days? Yeah. Or? Uh, the McClarity brothers, Don Leo, Jonathan, Tolis brothers... Of course, that Bill of the Butcher and Rocky Johnson came in the, the last year I was there. That was a thrill. Was oh, that, Dean uh, Ho, was Dean Higuchi out there then? Or? I believe so. I, think, I know I met him later on. not sure if I met him there because a lot of the guys I had met in different territories, you know, but uh, Dean strikes a mind there. and Oh, man, there's just so many uh, great words. a great guy. I can't remember if Gene was Gene was NWA champion around that time, so I don't know whether he was uh, there mm-hmm. that much or whether he was traveling a bit. Or uh, this was before time in the territory. The last time I went in there, which was uh, I was already in the WWF, I had left because I had a trip to Japan, and I ended up uh, having to check out. I got I thought what it was pneumonia. But uh, they weren't sure, so whenever I came back from Japan, I went to Fraser University, they did what they called the special x-ray. It was like a figure-eight x-ray, and I guess that would be comparable to MRI, I suppose. But uh, they diagnosed what I had, and uh, up to then, I didn't, wasn't sure if it was TV or what I had, you know. But uh, they were saying all kinds of things. But I got to wrestle with 
uh, partners with Gene during that summer that I was uh, back from Japan and spending a couple months there, and uh, that was a thrill. That Gene could go, man. Uh, it just seemed like the, he wanted to outbump you or something in the ring. <laughs> we had a contest that one night I go, and uh, I know it blew me up. It was going to blow the other guys up because uh, we're back dropping and slams and whatever after the other. And, yeah, that was one night uh, I ended up going out of the ring and I caught a fan as I was getting up going to kick me in my backside and I just did it perfect. I reached back and grabbed his leg just as he was kicking me and uh, I, I knocked him on his head, the guy. And I remember Gene uh, saying, uh, man, that's the way to handle those guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what, what a great time. All those guys were the inspiration for me, you know, because they were so nice to, to the guys. Uh, like, uh, I mean, from Eric Froelich, we have the McClarity brothers, Tolis brothers. I mean, uh, they would take time to tell us young guys, you know, what we're doing wrong, uh, maybe do this and add to it. And it really, really helped a lot, you know, just the idea that such big stars took time to, for guys just starting off to, to help them out. And uh, it was uh, uh, quite a, an experience for sure. That was, that was, Ivan, uh, uh, this, uh, hi, this is Bob here. I've got uh, Michael Elliott is on the uh, online. Can I have him join in the? Uh, oh Michael, yeah, are you Michael. There? Michael's yeah. making a movie of uh, of the great Ivan, and uh, yeah, uh, please uh, bring him on there, Bob. I, uh, you told me that Michael had written a bio on Ivan or some such thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did a documentary on the on the yeah uh, he raised the money uh, to the fans and man he interviewed all kinds of guys from Bruno I mean uh, he really uh, worked hard at doing it uh, he's still in the process of doing it but he went up and interviewed uh, guys like Bill Apter uh, Bruno San Martino and I mean uh, uh, I think he's tried to get all of uh, Crusher Khrushchev uh, different guys down to I suppose and. Tommy Young, I mean, he's, I think he's still in the process doing some of that stuff. So that's that's just going to make make it real good. Yeah, are you yeah. are you on there, uh, Michael? Yeah, hey guys, how you doing tonight? Yeah. <laughs> nice hey, to meet you, Michael. I uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your project. I'd love to uh, hear a bit more about him, and maybe some of the listeners could find out how they can. Uh, Check it out, whether online or uh, or whatever else. Yeah, so we're uh, doing the life story of uh, Ivan uh, Ivan Koloff. We're uh, doing a documentary format, kind of like WWE format. It's just Ivan telling his story, and then we talked to a lot of the guys from his career. Like he was saying, we've already talked to Bruno and Bill Apter and all the Mid Atlantic guys, and we've uh, interviewed Ivan. So we're just kind of piecing together his life story in a format that's not like a shoot interview where it's just the guys sitting there talking. It's it's music, it's pictures, it's video, it's a lot of different talking people in the uh, doc. It's a documentary format, and uh, it's really well done. This will be the sixth project that I've done, and I've worked with Ivan. I think this will be the third time that me and Ivan have worked together, and now we're finally going to sit down and kind of tell his story in a, in a way that you know somebody probably wouldn't have done it if we didn't come along and, and work together. Yeah, I'm certainly intrigued with the. Uh, I was just. Uh doing a bit of biographical research. I, I was intrigued with, you know, how extensive Ivan's background is, you know, uh, from 
he sort of transcends the two generations where he was back in the Bruno and the uh, and Pedro days, and then he also was working later on extensively with guys like Dusty and the Road Warriors and uh, uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson and a bunch of those guys who were of the uh, 80s, 90s vintage. You know, and he was working main event with not too many guys that uh, transcend those two generations and were working on top with uh, so many guys that were uh, from different backgrounds and were top workers and wherever they went. So I, I was quite impressed when I was just checking some of that out. Some of the guys that he worked with and some of the guys that he mentored are uh, among the biggest stars of uh, the last 20, 30 years, you know. So I, I was quite impressed with that. It's uh, really impressive that he went from, you know, doing the just the territory days all the way up to the pay-per-view era. So, I mean, you know, you've done a, you've done a lot in the in the wrestling business, and that's what we're trying to portray in the documentary is just uh, from birth up until now, and that's uh, what we're working on, and we're hopefully going to have it put out by January. And, I mean, Ivan can tell you we talked about everything from, you know, like I said, his birth to his parents, growing up in Canada, all the way up to what he's doing now. So we talked for a long time, didn't we, Ivan? Oh, yes, yeah. I, I mean, I look back at it there now, and, I mean, coming from a humble background to uh, having a dream at eight years old to be a wrestler, and then it's all coming true, and uh, it's just a progress uh, uh, through the years from, uh, you know, being beat up to uh, and starting to learn some stuff and building my body up. And the one time I got up to, like, 305, and uh, I guess it qualified me to wrestle some big names such as uh, Giant Baba, uh, over in Japan to Australia to great uh, talent uh, into I was over in uh, Australia with King Curtis, a big Hawaiian guy. Oh uh, yeah, Barossi, <laughs> buddy, <laughs> and uh, right down to uh, coming back here and uh, wrestling guys like Andre the Giant, and even back in the '60s with Haystack Calhoun in the '70s, and uh, man, it's, uh, it's just to stop and think of it there now uh, to end up getting matches against such not only big names, but big men. You know, it uh, makes you think, like, what was it? I was out of my league there for <laughs> some of those guys, but because uh, I look back on it, I got some old videos, and whenever you look at guys like uh, Bobo Brazil and, and uh, guys like uh, uh, Wilfred Steiner and uh, Dick the Boozer, uh, Crusher, and, and uh, like yours mentioned, Dusty, and, and then uh, up to date, uh, some uh, more of the immediate uh, talent in the last 20 years of the Road Warriors and Rock and Roll Express. Matter of fact, last night I was with the Rock and Roll Express and the little uh, match they had uh, here locally, Williamston, uh, we do some stuff now with the uh, church that we wanted us to put uh, matches on and, and give them a couple of testimonies and uh, end up uh, you know, telling the importance of having God in your life and uh, the transition I took uh, going through drugs and alcohol and all that. And man, it's uh, great to run into some old friends like that. If I have to do it, then a better atmosphere like church and that's even, even better, you know. But, yeah, it's, it's been quite a trip. And uh, God says it's not over till the fat lady sings, so I understand she's uh, bathing her uh, throat right there now, so she's not over yet. So <laughs> hopefully I'll get a few more years out of this. 
I've had the pleasure of crossing paths with a lot of those guys, Ivan, and uh, I've never heard anyone uh, say anything but nice things about you, which is uh, usually the best testimony of um, you know a guy being a really decent guy. But uh, in the wrestling business, everybody's <laughs> half knocking everybody else and all, but. As far back as Dale Hay and then later on, I knew all those guys, King Curtis and Hawk and Animal, but they all spoke very reverentially, very highly of you, you know, in and out of the ring, you know, so I've never heard anyone say anything but good things about you, so. Well, I tried not to get my mouth too big there, I couldn't back it up, you know, but I know a few times I had to get down to the point of saying that, you know, if it came right down to it, I'm going to bleed all over you, so you might as well loose it up with me, because uh, that was, uh, I guess the truth is being conveyed, whatever I was uh, in, in that sense, you know, whether I was drinking or the drugs or whatever, but I never considered myself a tough guy, but I guess when the time came down to it, I was under those crazy uh, influences and stuff over the years, fighting in bars and uh, airplanes and all this during my career, I just uh, look back on it and I said, man, I'm I'm just lucky the guys liked me. If it wasn't for that, I would have been really beat up. So uh, <laughs> I, I really never made any real bad enemies, I guess, so, like you're saying. And I, I really appreciate that. Or else I'd uh, really be recovering nowadays. How long did you work uh, for Bent Senior there, Ivan? That was, uh, you had a a few year run back in. Uh, uh, maybe you could tell us a bit about some of your WWE uh, when you went in there and how that all yeah. evolved. I ended up, uh, yeah, the first time I went in was from Montreal. I went into Montreal uh, when I changed over from Bengal to Ivan Koloff, and uh, and uh, Montreal I became Canadian champion and tag team champion a couple times, and ended up. Uh, uh, Were you doing the run? You were doing the Russian thing in Montreal before you went to New York? Or? Yes, sir. Yeah. For yeah. About two years, two and a half years, yeah. Was and, that with, uh, uh, who was that, Johnny Ruggio, or was that... Uh, yeah, Johnny Ruggio, Jack Britton with the promoters, and uh, uh, Jock Ruggio is the one I met in Japan on uh, my trip over there before I uh, uh, went to Montreal, and that's where I met uh, Jock Ruggio, the promoter's brother, uh, Johnny Ruggio's brother. And we became friends, and uh, he said that to one one day to me, he said, why don't you come into Montreal and wrestle? Uh, he can make a good Russian, you know, because I was about 300 pounds, and, uh, you know, pretty stocky, and I still fly around that ring pretty good. So he, uh, I took luck on it. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, ended up finding myself there. But doing well enough there that uh, got noticed in New York, and in 69, they brought me in to wrestle Bruno. I had wrestled him once before. He, he don't even remember it today, Bruno, when I talked to him about it. But uh, when in '63, when I graduated the wrestling school, about '62, '63, I went down to Pittsburgh, and as Rick told me, I wrestled him on TV down there, and uh, I got beat up like in the <laughs> five minutes or something. But uh, just to come back eight years later and uh, wrestle him again, and uh, the 1969, and not winning the belt. Uh, leaving uh, after about eight, ten months, and uh, having a trip to Japan, uh, not Japan, but uh, Australia, and 
over there about 10 weeks and get the call to come back and wrestle Bruno again and uh, ended up winning the belt, losing the belt, that thing. And, but that really made my career. What uh, what a thrill that was to be able to, because, you know, Bruno was my, my hero and all, all these but years. Uh, a lot of so, people, I think a lot of people don't re- realize uh, how how big a star he was at that time, but he had been the champion for about eight or nine years straight. So it was like, it's not like today where they have guys who are 40 times champions and all that stuff. Bruno, Bruno had held the belt for, I think since he beat Buddy Rogers in uh, like 62 or something like that, you know, so that was, that was a huge story. I remember uh, back at 71, I think it was. And I remember hearing about that, like, wow, you know, uh, Bruno, that was like, huge news back then. It was like when Luthez lost the NWA belt, you know, it was a big story within the business. Everyone's going, wow. Well, Bruno right. dropped the strap, you know, and uh, so that was big news, you know. And, um, yeah. Who are, uh, some of the, uh, who are some of the guys in that territory? A lot of uh, huge names at that time, I imagine, in uh, WWF, I guess it was called then. Oh, yes, yeah, they had the uh, George Animal Steel, of course, Gorilla Monsoon, up there, Jay, Strongboat, uh, man, those uh, uh, guys from uh, Greece, uh, oh, man, what was his name now? Uh, Adrian, uh, not Adrian Adonis, but as another Adrian, anyway, he, he was from Greece, uh, there's a whole, I mean, Oh, yeah, Spiros Arian, yeah. Is that his yeah, name, Spiros? Uh, Spiros Arian, that's right. You, you got yeah. to go I could see his face, but I couldn't come up with the name. And I made just some great wrestlers. Later uh, on, of course, Don Morocco came up there. The Jimmy Stookton, all those guys were there. But uh, back in that time, Captain Lou was still wrestling. Him and Tony Altamore is a Sicilian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, man. Uh, Freddie Blassie doing, was he in there around that time, or was he still in the West Coast then? Or? He was still in the West Coast uh, back then. And uh, I got to meet him later. He even managed me when I was uh, there with uh, against Backlund later on in the years. But yeah, what an experience I was with uh, Bruno. Just uh, uh, you know, whenever you're in a place and it's famous anyway for Madison Square Gardens and the Big Apple, you know, New York, and then to be again. Oh yeah, that was such a guy. Man, that was like the bad. ultimate. Uh, that was like the. The Mecca, Madison Square Garden, yeah. and on. Oh yeah, they even uh, piping it in by cable later to uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Mrs. Eaton out there, I guess it'd sell up the, the gardens here, and they'd also fill up the place out there. And that was the first start of, I guess, uh, pay-per-views and all that stuff. You know, the cable, I think. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. Man, that night was just uh, awesome. Uh, just the idea of the people reacting in such a way that, uh, and I knew what was happening, it felt like uh, any minute there was going to be a riot, because I'd been in a couple riots in Montreal. Matter of fact, uh, one of the famous uh, riots I was in was uh, Ernie the Cat Lad and myself uh, against the Rugos for the tag belts, and uh, it filled the ring up with chairs that people did, because it looked like we were going to beat them for the belts. And so uh, it's just that same feeling. This night against Bruno San Martino, just everything was so quiet, and they couldn't believe that I, you know, with the one, two, three, uh, Bruno and uh, uh, 
matter of fact, I stuck my head out there after that. I went back to the dressing room. They they just raised my hand and told me to get, get out of there. And uh, people were crying when I stuck my head out and uh, saying, you'll always be our champion. Well, you'll get it back. And Indeed, he did get it back later on. You know, but, and uh, it, it just for the people to be into him so much like that, that they feel that way to me. For just a couple of seconds there, I felt real like a louse, you know, beating up my own hero, but <laughs> it didn't last too long. <laughs> Uh, tell me, Ivan. Was some of the my, my dad had a, uh, my dad had sort of launched his career back in the forties in New York. But a f- was that old Toots Mont still around in those days? He had. Uh, I, I know my dad knew Toots and old uh, Angelo Sobaldi and some of those guys were around. Uh, uh, I think even before Vince, right around the time when Vince Senior came in and. Was uh, mm-hmm. Vince Jr. around in those days too, or was he? Uh, yes, he was there. Yeah, he, he was, was the commentator back then. When I first went in '69, yeah, that's about the time he started, I guess, with his dad, and uh, and he was uh, he was real good for an announcer too because uh, he was just so tall, so big of a guy, you know. But he was smart. He, what he'd do is sit on the ring, but you stood up, you know, make him make you look bigger and everything. <laughs> Little secrets like that, but he was. He was a good commentator as far as uh, get the point across about the the guys, the stars. He, he knew what his job was. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, right up until uh, just about all the time I was there. He was there with his dad and learned the business, I guess, and uh, uh, took it over right around that time whenever uh, uh, I, I left that uh, after wrestling backland. I should have stayed for a while there because I didn't realize that they wanted me to stay, but I was so beat up from a trip uh, over the Middle East, and I had knee problems and shoulder problems and back, you know, and over the many years of, of being on the road steady, and that I, uh, when they asked me to stay, I said, I can't go get this uh, surgery done on my knee, and <laughs> the, I found out later that uh, I was probably, I would have been able to be champion twice, uh, you know, but uh, because I guess I had me figured it for something else, but I didn't even wait for them to explain it to me. I knew I had to get something work done in the body, but uh, yeah, just some great, great talent around there, and uh, just uh, an experience in, uh, in the lease. Yeah. What was that old uh, Ernie Roth, the Grand Wizard, he'd worked, he'd been our TV commentator up here in the 60s for a few years, and my dad yeah. sent him down there, he became like a heel manager, Did did was he around in those in that stretch too, or? A little later on, Moore says, they're not right off the bat, but a little later on, he was there, yeah. I remember him coming in. I can't remember the first guys that he managed. I was trying to remember that, but uh, whether it was Black Jacks or what he was, but uh, uh, I remember he became a big star and all that, and he was uh, really good. But, yeah, yeah, it seemed like a nice guy, Ernie. Pretty, uh, pretty oh, well respected yeah. by... I guess Lou yeah. was Lou, uh, uh, Captain Lou was uh, not a he wasn't a manager yet then he was just working I guess. And... Well, working that he he took me on after uh, my manager first manager Tony Angelo came down from Montreal. The boy went like the yeah, Italian gangster type thing with the black hat and cigar and sunglasses, little briefcase and that. But after the first year, uh, Captain Lou took. Uh, Sort of about the contract, you know, type thing. Because Cap, uh, Tony, Angelo wanted to go back home, 
the only other guys in the office uh, back then, uh, I was just trying to remember, Phil Zacco, the old-timer. Oh, yeah. He was up Willie, there towards the day. Willie uh, Gilsenberg, was he there then? Or yeah, Willie Gilsenberg. Yeah, he boarded the background, you know. He wasn't uh, up front as much as Phil. And, uh, yeah, uh, my dad. Savoldi, he was up north. He was around the Portland, Oregon area, and his son still runs that area up there, I guess, Independence, you know. Was old Arnie, Arnie Skoland around in those days, too? Or? Oh, yeah. He was managing Bruno back then in those days, and still part of the office, I think, him and uh, Gorilla Monsoon, you know, like uh, uh, helping out in the office. Uh, yeah. It's funny, my dad hey. started old uh, Gorilla Genome up here in about 59. He was... Uh, a big uh, amateur wrestler type. He wrestled his name under the name of Bob Morella, and he uh, right. he was kind of a big nearsighted. He had real thick glasses, Gino, <laughs> but tough big yeah. bastard. Yeah. He had oh, been like yeah, national amateur that. champion or yeah. something like that. And my dad, my dad told me he had him down in the dungeon a few times. He said he was virtually impossible to move because he was so damn big and. Uh, you know, he, he he knew how to uh, displace his weight and all like that. My dad told me he was a fairly uh, tough big oh, bastard, yeah. old Gino, you know, and a uh, pretty yeah, wild-mannered yeah. big guy. But uh, there was another couple of guys that I remember my dad said down there, they may have been around that stretch, was a guy named Newton Tatry uh, and Joe, mm-hmm. Joe Perusevich and... Uh, they became mm-hmm. the Mongols, Beto, Guido, and Bipo Mongol. Or, oh, yeah, but, they came into Montreal, matter of fact. Yeah, uh, myself and Hans Schmidt wrestled them when they first came in, and uh, it was like a heel match, you know, heel against heels. And uh, Joe tells his story to this day. He said he didn't know who these guys were, like uh, Hans Schmidt. They hadn't heard that name, but Simon Koloff, this Russian yeah. guy. Because you could speak Russian, you know, Joe, and he had back like he was out there for your dad for a while, like, too, yeah? And uh, he told me the story later on how he escaped from uh, overseas because of the uh, uh, they were trying to kill him over there, trying to run out. He just came up for the Summer Olympics or something, and he was a uh, power lifter or something, uh, Big Joe. Yeah. He ended up uh, coming in there, him and Newt Tatrick as the Mongols, and remember how Hunt Schmidt used to bend the guys over, kick them so hard with that big boot? And then I, yeah. I got in on it. He said, you, you show me, kid, how hard you can kick him. And I, I tried to do the same thing. <laughs> big Joe was trying to talk to me in Russian, I guess. And he was trying to tell me, like, don't listen to this guy, you know, and all this stuff. But I couldn't understand what he was saying. I was going, yet, God, yet, God did the wrong things. And uh, Joe finally caught on, and he said, uh, in Russian to me, he said, uh, I guess you're just stupid, right? <laughs> and I said, oh, no. <laughs> and he knew then I didn't understand what uh, they're talking about. But I, he said, I'll never forget that match because you guys are kicking us hard. And uh, we're supposed to be just coming in and you guys are beating us up. That <laughs> was good. Yeah, I think my dad had him up here for a few years. He, I think my dad did stretch old Joe a few times. He, but he was a strong big bastard then, as my dad told me. I think his name was Perusevich or something. But he, uh, he, was, he wrestled under his own name at that time uh, when he was in the uh, 
stampede territory, and uh, yeah, he was a very, very well-built, large lad. Big chest, yeah. big, big, yeah. strong, uh, pretty uh, mild-mannered big guy, uh, as I recall. But Tatry was an interesting big, uh, kind of a, uh, he was sort of a Svengali to those guys, you know. Uh, I think Bill Eady yeah. also, if I'm not mistaken, got... Uh, originally broke in as one of the Mongols too, or whatever. Later to become the mass superstar and action smash and all like that, you know. Oh, he's he's great. To this day, he still wrestles. Yeah, I, I seen him just a couple weeks ago, and he was out of match and uh, still goes around good. And everything. He's a teacher. I said uh, to him, Bill, uh, what uh, classes do you teach? Uh, what grade that? Uh, what subject? And he's all of them. I says, well, What do you mean all of them? He said. I treat like a special uh, uh, school where the people, uh, the kids that's in there are, uh, I guess, uh, challenged. And he ended up saying, I teach from grade one right up through uh, high school. And uh, all different subjects, from physical education to math and history. So I said, man, that's unique. For, I paid for a guy to, you know, have that kind of education to be able to not only deal with uh Challenge kids, but on top of it, to teach all subjects, it's uh, pretty sharp of them, and, uh, and and still do some wrestling on the side. He's he getting uh, up there a little bit too now, as far as his age and everything. But uh, he's still going out there doing. Barbarian's still out there too, and uh, I, I keep thinking of these uh, names you mentioned, some uh, fond memories of the different guys, you know, and what they're doing today. Like Big Joe is. Uh, uh, Perusby, like you're saying, uh, is uh, Nikolai Volkov. Uh, of course, later on, he's uh, uh, one of these uh, house uh, inspectors up in New Jersey. He's been doing oh, that. Oh, that right? Yeah, he's done a good job. And, yeah, I can't imagine him doing it, but <laughs> he's, uh, he's good at it. So, do you ever, oh yeah, a lot. Do you ever cross paths, Ivan, with? Uh... Old Cosro, uh, Iron Sheik. Oh, yeah, I did. He, uh, he, he had broken in around that time with my dad, maybe about 73 or thereabouts. Uh, I think Vern mm-hmm. sent him up to Calgary, and uh, he, was, he was actually running from the uh, whatever regime came in after the uh, Shah of Iran got overthrown. And then it's kind of ironic yeah. later on that he was uh, later on uh, getting his his best heat pretending to be a supporter of the Ayatollah. <laughs> I heard the Ayatollah yeah. company had threatened to kill him and he had to yeah. flee the country or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard too. But he had ended up yeah, I ended up wrestling against him and his tank team with him and we got along with this uh, uh this one thing in the plane uh, when I uh, wrestled uh, Bob back one over in the Middle East we're on the tour together and I got into my vodka and on the way over there ended up fighting with uh, on the plane of all things. And it's a wonder we landed in Jordan before Kuwait. Uh, it's a wonder they didn't, because they ended up coming on the plane with machine guns and military and the whole thing. Uh, it's a wonder they weren't uh, arrested for terrorism because <laughs> they ended up, uh, you know, fighting on the plane. And uh, even after, like, not being wise enough to keep my mouth shut, we were carried it on into the airport and everything, but I uh, got away with it anyway. Mr. Fuji was our, our spokesperson, so he was about like my uh, attorney, I guess, and 
<laughs> Thank God he did a good job <laughs> getting me out of that. <laughs> we get along after that. Taj and Fazeri's, you know, we, you know, went out to wrestle against each other and partners and everything. So I guess you forgave me for being uh, a little drunk there. <laughs> does he, uh, does he, he doesn't have any involvement in the business anymore, old Cosro, does he? Or has he been, I've, I haven't seen him in no. uh, at least 10 yeah. years. I, yeah, he ended up... Old, uh, yeah, just lately, a lot of us guys like Nick Mockwinkle, uh, the Sheik, myself, and I'm sure a lot of other guys, a lot of guys that uh, did uh, the jump off the top rope really messed up their ankles, you know, and they get that big ankle, especially on the oh, left yeah. uh, leg from landing, and uh, mine's uh, that way right now, like about three times its size, the big spurs in it. Toswo just had his operation here a couple of years ago, and got his done up. That's the last time I've seen him at the... Uh, one of the fan fests down here. I heard Nick Bachman who got his done too. I hope he did anyway. I know his is bad also. But uh, yeah, a lot of these guys just uh, I, I bring back uh, such memories from the different territories. Like I went from being a wrestler, even during that time, I guess, uh, in different situations. I was a referee, like in the bars, against when a couple of the boys just get in a fight with each other over a girl or whatever. I've refereed a couple of those matches and uh, matches uh, of, in the dressing room. Uh, I don't know why I ended up being a, like a referee. Nobody even said anything. I just started refereeing. Like the boys would be just start to do dirty. They're going for pull an eyeball out or bite them or something like that. I don't know, no biting and <laughs> hit their hand, knock it away and stuff like that. They'd, they'd listen to me. That's the craziest part. And here they were trying to bust each other over and they'd be listening to me and I'd tell them, no. No groin now, no, no, no hair pulling. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. But, you know, you got guys like uh, Wahoo McDaniel and uh, uh, Jardine. They were fighting in the dressing room one day and they're mad at each other. <laughs> I refereed that match and the one I didn't get killed there. Uh, another <laughs> one was, uh, I think, uh, oh, Brian Blair against uh, uh, the guy that wrestled his joint, the clown, uh, Matt Bourne. Oh, man. In the bar, they got, uh, I guess, fighting over the same girl. And <laughs> they went outside and I ended up being the referee for that match, too. And, but I, I'm glad I did because they could end up hurting each other or something, you know. And, and I guess I let them run the steam off and then I backed off. And, <laughs> but, uh, I was uh, appreciative of the fact that some guys did the same thing with me, whatever. I, I shoot my mouth off, get drunk, or, you know, during those crazy years of uh, getting in fights, you know. But, uh, <laughs> that all ended up all right, you know. Maybe tell us a little bit, Ivan, about some, your, after you left uh, New York, you had a pretty long, successful run in the uh, in the mid-Atlantic in uh, Georgia and Florida. Mm-hmm. Those were pretty, uh, pretty good territories back in those days. Those are hard to even get a lot of guys couldn't even crack the roster and back in those days that was pretty uh yeah. who was in there back okay. in those days old Johnny Weaver and Johnny Walker and uh um I'm trying to remember who was the uh, Flair Flair may have been just getting his feet wet around that time I guess uh, yeah I ended up uh, very fortunate because right after I left in New York in 71 I had a trip to Japan altogether I had 12 tours to Japan 
over my career, but I ended up uh, going to the uh, Minnesota area with Vern up there for two and a half years. Of course, all these guys were there then, the, the Black Jacks, the Wahoo, uh, uh, Superstar Billy Graham, uh, Matt, Buddy Robinson, of course, Russian oh, yeah. Loser, all those guys are there. After, in 74, after I met George Scott, that was a uh, booker for the Crockett, he came up there and was scouting for guys, and uh, it, it seemed like all the boys that was up there for Vern ended up over the next year leaving and coming down to the Charlotte area. I know I was one of the uh, guys that came down, pretty soon the Blackjack, Wahoo, was there, and uh, man, oh, and of course, the standard guys that was there, like Sweet Handsome, Rip Hawk, uh, like you said, Johnny Weaver, and uh, guys like that, Nelson Royal. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's some like pretty that. legendary old uh, workers. Oh, yeah. oh, great, great guys. Working. I got to wrestle uh, guys like that. And, uh, and that uh, really uh, well, Some of those uh, young guys breaking in then, I, I uh, uh, what's his, uh, I'm trying to remember it, uh, Flair was just getting his break around that time. I guess I was Steamboat and them weren't even starting yet at that time where they they maybe yeah. just I think Steamboat graduated at the same time from Vern's wrestling school along with uh, Sergeant Slaughter and uh, that uh, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel they all came out at about the same time out of that training Paul, school. Paul Persman. Yeah, Buddy yeah. Rose and was yep. was Vern was Vern I I was always intrigued was was Vern working with Crockett in those days or it's like a hell of a lot of guys came from Minneapolis and became big stars in Carolina but I never ever knew that Vern was you know on great terms with Crockett or they never seemed to cross promote or anything so I, I I was always intrigued as like guys like Flair and Steamboat and. Uh, so some of the biggest stars in Carolina came seemed to come from Minneapolis, but I didn't know whether that was by accident or. or well, I think that uh, George Scott went up there. He was a designated booker for uh, the Crockett's at that time. The old man had just passed, Jim Crockett, and uh, Junior took over. Jim uh, Junior uh, Crockett Junior, and uh, he uh, sent George up there, I guess to. You know, see you after they're done up there. Just like come down here, type thing. And George would come up, and I remember wrestling against him up in Minnesota, and uh, uh, not knowing that he was uh, like a booker up here, but he, he wanted to see if I knew anything. I guess in the ring, I guess he was impressed enough to ask me to come come here. So that was uh, that was great there. But yeah, we had some great talent, young guys just starting off. Jay, uh, uh, young blood, and. Uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat, of course, uh, uh, like you're saying, the other guys. Magnum T.A., was, he in, was yeah, he in there, too, then, Terry Allen, or Magnum yeah, T.A.? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he, he started right around that time, I think, uh, got moved in uh, a little later on, not in 74, a little later on than that. And uh, you know, I remember him showing up, and they had big plans for a guy like him because he had a lot of potential, you know, to... Is, was uh, old uh, Johnny down. Ballantyne in there then, or? Yeah, Johnny was here. Yeah. Was, Matter of fact, uh, that was seventy-five. You, he had to play and break and broke his back. Were, were you in that? Uh, were you in the territory when that happened, or was that? Uh, 
Yeah, uh, luckily uh, I was in the inductions. I was a, because they had A, B, and C team type of thing. I was on one of the other uh, towns that particular day, and I was glad it was because, yeah, a few of the guys got uh, backs, really, uh, including Blair got his uh, back hurt, too. But his was, uh, I guess he recovered enough to have a career anyway, but Johnny was paralyzed after that. He was a booker for a while there, Johnny, but uh, Florida and round, but uh, this was a little bit too much for him. But, yeah, some great talent was around uh, at that time. The Bunzel, uh, oh, I know man, a bunch uh, of those I know when I was a kid, uh, Ivan, a bunch of those guys were either breaking in or getting their feet wet in Calgary, including Valentine and uh, George Scott yeah. and uh, Johnny Johnny Weaver, Johnny Walker, and yeah. uh, Gorilla. All, all those guys, I remember them as, when I was a kid, but they uh, quite a pronounced uh, flavor from Canada down in Carolina there with yourself and George Scott and some of those guys, you know, a lot of people maybe, uh, you know, didn't realize that they were, you know, where they came from, you know, but it was quite a few Canadians had a pretty good impact on, on the, uh, American territories back in those days. Oh yeah. I remember guys like Love Brothers, Adrian Adonis. Oh man, there's a lot of, George Momberg and oh, some old oh yeah, old back Kill, Killer Carl Troop and uh, and yeah. Hans Schmidt and uh, Vashon yeah. and uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of people don't even realize they were uh, Canadians. So they were uh, a proceeding to be Russians or Waldo von yeah. Erich was another one, you know, who was uh, out of Ontario. They had him as a German and uh, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it was quite quite a few uh, an old gene as well, and Killer Kowalski too. You know, there's a pretty good uh, Canadian uh, flavor down there that uh, I don't think they realized <laughs> that they were all Canadians. They were Canadians, you yeah, know. That's right. Yeah, but, but uh, that's right. Killer uh, Kowalski ended up tagging up with Big John Stunt there for a while uh, with the mask on. I forget what their name was now, but. Yeah, was he a, was he a Canadian? I know he was one of Kowalski's uh, proteges. I was told he had that uh, Chuck Chuck O'Connor's or whatever his name was. Uh, they, yeah, they had him working in Montreal uh, back back in uh, maybe been the early seventies or with uh, I wasn't sure if it was Grand Prix or uh, Jack Britton's and uh, or Rucho. I, I never knew who. But yeah, I remember him. He was he's he a lot thinner than sort of a big. Uh, he became a lot bigger later, old John. But, uh, but yeah, I remember old Kowalski had a pretty good run in Calgary back in the early '60s. Uh, he and Gene were kind of Kaniski were kind of the main two heels for my dad, and uh, and uh, Kowalski was always. I think he's the guy who sent. Uh, Tatry up later on, and he's always sending my dad a few of his uh, proteges or whatever. So, it's, yeah. Are you the? What are you as far as the kids? Uh, you know, uh, Stu's kids. Uh, you the middle child, or I'm trying to remember. You know, that old Brett was yeah. older, right? Yeah, I'm one of the older ones. There's a dozen. Yeah, no. uh, you probably uh, saw us all when we were uh, 
slut nose. Yeah, young <laughs> punk. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, you're, 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 yeah, Pleasure, thank you right. for coming, uh, Chris. Always nice to hear from you. Always great hearing from you as well. Uh, if I may um, take, a, take a couple moments, tell a little bit of the story uh, leading into a question. Sure. Um, uh, Mr. Koloff, first off, uh, pleasure speaking with you. Um, this is actually the, the second time. Uh, in my life, I've had the pleasure of speaking with you. Uh, first met you uh, at a at a signing, I uh, believe, for Ch- uh, Children's Miracle Network. Uh, mm-hmm. And kudos for for all the uh, work that you do with them um, in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, I was about thirteen, fourteen years old. Wow. Um, yeah. We uh, spoke for probably. 20 minutes to half an hour. Uh, I honestly cannot tell you the uh, the impression and uh, pardon the pun, but the impact that you made on me that night, uh, being that gracious and that courteous with your time, and uh, that's that's something I've never forgot. Uh, you taught me a lot that night, and the way uh, that you treated me with the respect. Uh, that you did, like I said, not only left a huge impression on me, but later on after getting into the business, um, I've always tried to, to pay that forward. And a lot of that started from that night, and thank you for that. Well, that's um, very nice. Leading into my question, uh, obviously being the guy that, that basically transcended uh, the eras going into the 70s, uh, defeating uh, Bruno San Martino for the title, um, you know, and working a lot of those names. Uh, we actually spoke a lot that night years ago about Lou Fez, uh, Bruno San Martino, a lot of the others. Um, going into later on your career, uh, working with guys like Magnum TA and Dusty, and uh, Rock and Roll Express. Uh, what would be some of your fondest memories about working the, the Southern Territories? Oh, man. Uh, all of them are uh, fond memories because of other guys that I uh, ended up working with, I think, uh, like the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, uh, after a while, you, when you're in there, 90 minutes, 60-minute uh, matches, and night after night, uh, after a while, it's like... Uh, you either become uh, somewhat of a, uh, you know, a friendship or a hatred or something that you're going to end up either getting along or always being at each other's throat. So uh, it was always easier to try to get along, I guess. It, it just seemed like uh, all of these guys from the rock and roll, the road warriors, I mean, you just name it, but it's Magnum TA and Dusty Rhodes and single matches. And, uh, we just ended up... Uh, 
I think, really uh, just mutual respect for each other, I guess. And I often tell people that. Man, I used to, the, the fans would say stuff like, uh, uh, I seen one time Ric Flair uh, wrestling against so-and-so, and then I seen him later in the bar. I said, so what's so odd about that? I mean, if you seen George Foreman and uh, Muhammad Ali and uh, uh, having dinner together after a big fight, uh, I mean, what would you, what would you think? Uh, maybe they respected each other enough to, to, to want to have a meal together? I mean, what's wrong with that? But people always think that that was so, or like they really found out something that's really incredible. But you know, all, all of these guys are just uh, really... Uh, Fond memories of, you know, it just seemed like you just got along with them because of necessity. But when you got in there and you realized that they're good at what they did, you really appreciated the fact that they're that good so that you didn't have to kill yourself. Because a lot of times, you know, a guy thinks he's not trained right, and you get in there and you're doing some certain moves with them, and you end up, if they're not trained right, they dump you on your head or something, or suplex you on the back of your head or something. You know, because it weren't very trained, right? But I always, I never had that situation with the uh, in the pros uh, with the out there from the college. You know, so you can appreciate the fact that out of mutual respect, we tried to do our job the best way we could, and I think from that it ends up uh, just getting along. You know, but uh, a few times in the ring, I had to uh, really scramble for to, to get. Uh, my way type thing. Whenever you wrestle some guys and they're really uh, a prima donna, you might say, like just uh, really out to make themselves look good. Uh, there was a few guys like that I understood it because uh, they're, I guess, never really allowed to uh, be pushed all the way. Uh, I've ever had to really fight for position with a couple guys. If I could mention a couple of names, like Edward Capontier, and I really respected and loved the guy. You know, because uh, I watched him as a teenager, uh, as I was getting into the business, and later on, they got to wrestle him, and uh, they're, they're very aggressive in the ring. Great shape, Bill Mascaris, another one. And, you know, Billy Robbins, he had the respect, you know, a lot of these guys, Danny Hodges, guys like that, that were great amateurs, and uh, they're, you know, good wrestlers and that. They really, uh, you were really put to a test. But overall, man, I never really had bad time with uh, anyone that I, that I could, uh, you know, put my mind to right there now that in the ring, we just always got along good, and, and it was uh, quite an experience, because uh, a lot of you came back, and it's how good you did with them the first time, whether the judges uh, another time get to wrestle them, because if they got some say with the promotion in the new area you're coming into, and if they didn't like the way you wrestled with them, uh, before, like you take a guy like Dust, Dusty Rhodes or something, he's not going to put in a good word for you. To, yeah, bring that guy in. He's great. And I I got to have the privilege of way back then uh, traveling from different places. Um, they would find me to St. Louis, to, I mean, uh, Indianapolis, to, to Miami, Florida, to back to Charlotte, and New York, and all of it. So uh, they even started doing that when I was in Montreal. So to me, that shows that the promoters, uh, see something in you, and uh, I guess not only your ability to wrestle, but get along with other guys, and, and that's quite complimentary to say the least, but I must say, 
quite a journey, quite a journey for me. I really enjoyed it all all the way. Still enjoyed it. I hope I answered your question. Sometimes I end up just thinking about uh, different things in Chicago. Go ahead. Absolutely, you answered my question to perfection, um, and, and I really appreciate that. Um, once again, I mean, uh, you know, so gracious with your time and, and you know, the courtesy that you saw me now twice. Uh, I absolutely appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, it's very nice of you, Chris. Appreciate you, brother. And uh, I'm sure I'd recognize you. I'm the, one of these guys that remember a face, but I just don't remember where. I meet them, you know, I just said, yes, hey, I know you, you know, and uh, the, the name Chris Gillum sticks in my mind, I can't put a face to it, but yeah, I'm the to see you again. As a matter of fact, I do have you now on uh, Facebook, uh, I do have a uh, an, an old uh, Polaroid picture of us that night, you were uh, actually gracious enough to uh, let me uh, put you in a headlock. I'll definitely uh, post it and tag you in. And luckily, for, for my sake, uh, I, I did work to the left that night. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's better, all right, brother. <laughs> I always try to get along with the fans because, you know, in the early part of my career, it was like, the promoters always say, uh, don't be signing autographs, you know, especially if you're the bad guy, you know, they look at uh, not being able to get out there and sign autographs and talk to the fans and all that. And so it, uh, it was a treat whenever it got to the point where I could, you know, go up and do autographs or, you know, be able to sign. I, I remember one quick story. Uh, this gentleman from uh, the Cap Center, the Captain Center in D.C. ended up as a young man being there with his dad and wanted my autograph and when I came back to the ring I guess I stepped behind uh, the curtain and ended up signing on it. He remembered uh, so much and was so thankful for it. Uh, I met him about 15 years ago here in uh, the area where I live and uh, he goes to me on the street and he went telling me the story that he had met me before and he was a dentist. <laughs> it turns wow. out that he insisted I come down to his office and he'd take care of my teeth. So <laughs> that worked out real good. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, I was trying to get around the right. Yeah, Ivan, do you ever get uh, back to this uh, part of the country in British Columbia? I understand you still have family here. Yes, I have a son that's... Uh, Chilliwack area. Uh, uh, let me see. I got a brother. Well, he's born in uh, Edmonton. A couple brothers in uh, the Edmonton area and in uh, Cal- uh, Calgary. Let me see. Uh, a lot of cousins, nephews, and that uh, all through. Other. I got a si- uh, sister in Edmonton area. Uh, let me see now. Uh, another sister in uh, out. Uh, near Chilliwack also, like my son is out there. Uh, yeah, just uh, quite a few relatives now. Probably more nephews and nieces in that that uh, I even know about. But, uh, well, I don't get a chance to go there very much anymore. Whatever happened to your brother Jerry, uh, 
um, Ivan, uh, the guy who came out with Dale Hay or Buddy Roberts back in the day, seemed like a, a nice kid. I uh, never I sort of lost touch with yeah, him after that. He's in uh, Red Deer, Alberta today. He has a house out there. He has a trucking business for years, but he's retired now. But yeah, Jerry and Judy, his wife is there. There's a uh, Red Deer. Yeah, it seemed like a nice kid. He was a brother, a friend of my brother Smith, and my dad seemed to quite like him. He's he's a little smaller than uh, Dale Hay or Buddy Roberts, and then they were sort of tag teaming a bit up here. And then um, I never I never knew whether he ever did start a wrestling career or what. I never I kind of lost track of him after that. But uh, seemed like a nice kid. I. Uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear yeah. he uh, st- still around and still doing well. Then. Oh yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I left the message that uh, give him a call and message to him. Yeah, but uh, talked to him on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, and Dale, at that time, I remember Dale Hay. He, he was a lot bigger. He was a pretty uh, muscular kid back at that back at that time. I think my dad had him working out at. Uh, my dad had a beach out here, and I think my dad. Had him out uh, being a lifeguard and uh, mm-hmm. doing a few other chores in, in return for training him or breaking him in or whatever. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you a quick story about your dad and and, and buddy. <laughs> You've heard it before, but I don't know because uh, there was a lot of people there, myself and uh, buddy. Uh, how your dad liked to go down and you know show the boys some stuff, you know, because he. Oh like, yeah. Uh, that's tr- Stretch your whole Yeah. Let me get in there. Anyway, <laughs> this is a true story. But he was, like you say, pretty stocky, you know. He was doing uh, four, over $400, $400 on the bench and 500 squats. That's yeah, he was a old. strong kid then, Dale, yeah, Dale yeah. Buddy. Uh. Yeah. And uh, your dad really took a liking to him, I guess, you know, because he, he was working out hard and present. Matter of fact, he stayed there at your. I was there for a while. There. Your dad let him stay down and sit down in the basement there for a while. Oh, yeah, his, his his yeah. bed was the the uh, master. <laughs> yeah, and then for for uh, one day, I remember I was uh, in there, and I had already smartened Buddy up. I said, "Now, Stu, ask you, put a hold on, uh, a hold on you. You know, you know that he's going to kind of tighten up a little bit. I'm going to get you a screen bed, so <laughs> you better make sure when they get you the hold that you got a counter or something that." And he did. Uh, that wanted to show him his uh, hold, and he uh, got him in a chin lock from behind, you know, or chin lock type thing. And, uh, you know, you can hold a pretty strong man with that. Uh, but I guess I'll figure out what he's going to do already. And he bent forward, picked your dad up, and he ran him back in the wall. Boom! <laughs> and I remember your dad let go and saying, eh, eh, you're strong, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do your dad's right, but uh, that was funny because yeah, I mean he really liked it, the idea that Buddy's uh, had a counter for it and uh, backed him up and uh, got him to break it by it and backing him up into the wall, you know. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, don't forget that I said I laughed myself. I said I don't laugh too much or still get me. <laughs> but that was uh, uh, strong bastard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I remember a lot of good trips going in the, the big old limousine, Winnipeg back home, 
anesthesia. I took my bag out the back, and it was a bag that I, the first bag that I ever got. And it was, uh, I had a it's cardboard from Salvation Army, like, you know, and I set it down. We're all drinking milk. And I stayed, stepped out of the, the limousine and, and stepped right out of my bag. I guess you can see it there. And the foot went right through it. I mean, it was no big deal. But I had to patch it up, you know, until I could get another one. They do it. I'd be coming to the matches with this patched up uh, uh, suitcase. <laughs> I had to take a bus to get to the TV station, all that. So, uh, boys used to tell me about that and laugh about it. <laughs> but that was great. Uh, some of those trips are oh. really good. Uh, he had the limousine. Uh, be- yes, sir. Hello, <laughs> sir. These are, these are really excellent stories. I've got a. I have a couple of guys on. I got a guy calling from the Northwest Territories of all places in Canada, and then uh, oh, yeah. there's another friend of ours calling from Chicago, uh, Bob Brooks. So I'll put the first chap on. Uh, he's from Equalic in uh, Northwest Territories. I don't know if you've ever wrestled up there, but uh, this is wow. uh, our friend Ross Learn, and he I, I believe he met you down at CAC a couple of years ago. Ross, are you on the line? Hey. Ross, I did it. What's Ross, are you name? there? Ross, learn. Ross, learn. Hey, Ross, you there, buddy? No, you must have got tired waiting. I've got uh, Brent, Brent here, uh, Bob Brooks Bro- Bro- from Chicago. All right. Bob, are you there? I am. How are you doing tonight, guys? Great, Bob. How are you? Good. You know, nice that, that, that voice... I got to tell you, that voice sure sounds like a guy I knew used to know called Red McNulty. You know that? <laughs> right. Yeah. It sure you, be. you know, you know, you know. The last time I saw him was at CAC uh, in the in the gift shop. Uh, he oh, was on my sense. show, also classic professional wrestling, while I was overseas. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Yes. All right. How are you? Good. Good to hear you good out there. You're sounding good. Yes. Yeah. You are a little uh, where for the. Uh, the years, so you know, a little terror, you know, different injuries here and there, but uh, sure. God's good. I mean, uh, after uh, 52 years of wrestling, can't expect to be in. <laughs> Especially yeah, like, yeah, that's, like, like we would say, that's just part of part of the business. You know, uh, yeah, a couple right. of things I didn't get to ask you before when you were when you were over on uh, on my show there. Um, you know, you wrestled like you say for for 52 years, but. What about as far as any managers? Uh, did you feel well, well? Maybe you could name a few managers that you had, but uh, could, could you tell me and, and, and all the fans out there uh, that are listening in? Uh, you know, did you see, have a manager you know, see it as an advantage, disadvantage because it was somebody that was kind of getting in your way, um, or did you, you know, or, or did just you know it was just part of the job that night? Yeah, I always uh, thought, uh, especially at the beginning of my career. So it was quite an asset, you know, because uh, and I taught Nikita to that, you know, or, or tried to convey convey that when Nikita came along, because that's the way I was brought in, brought in like, you know, uh, the transition from Red McNulty to Ivan Koloff was, you know, like, don't say nothing, that, that the mysterious type of, you know, all like the people just not hear you talk at first, just when they're you're mean and they can't figure you out, like you just when they destroy the guys and get up there and look menacing and uh, that way they, they can get into your character more. And when you do start speaking, it's just a little bit of time 
and it, uh, I guess the intrigue uh, gets the people, you know, ready for it over the months and years or whatever. And I, so I, I always looked at it as an asset, you know. Of course, uh, I, I never figured it, it interfered with the amount of money I made as far as uh, any of my money, you know, going to them because it was a separate deal, like, you know, type of thing. So uh, I never thought it was uh, something that would, would help me. I, I always looked at it as a good uh, a good thing. So I always went along with it. Seemed to work out good for me. I always okay. got along with the different guys I had as uh, managers uh, from Gary Hart, uh, I mean, to Captain Lou Banner, to Tony Angelo, and uh, Freddie Blassie. I mean, I had so many different guys that were like manager, even Paul Jones for a while as a type of manager thing, and uh, guys in Japan and all this stuff. <laughs> so it was great, you know, to have that uh, extra camaraderie, I guess, uh, you know, in, for the business and also. Uh, you know, especially in another country, have somebody to hang out with, you know. Right. Well, you know, uh, one of the other things I wanted to kind of target with you was, uh, as far as geographically, uh, in the U.S., okay, Um, you know, back then, I mean, I think Terry Funk told us one time, you know, there was 32, you know, different promotions that, uh, you know, back in the, you know, the 60s and 70s uh, period. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. As far as you were concerned, I mean, you know, look, and I know you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything, but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, when you when you were in my area in Chicago, and uh, you know, Dick the Bruiser's area over, you know, WWA, um, did you did you see that as more beneficial to yourself as, as, as far as whether getting paid, uh, the t- type of talent, versus let's say the Mid Atlantic area, uh, and I know you had you know guys like Don Leo, Jonathan, and. You know some of the some of the guys like that over there in the Mid Atlantic, um, and I know you mentioned Paul Jones, um, mm-hmm. but uh, did, you, did you see some areas you know being a little bit better, like coming in and you know you got Bob Luce and uh, you know uh, Dick the Bruiser and, and names like that, you know, uh, uh, to work with versus you know going to some other area that you just weren't very comfortable in. Yeah, it all depends on uh, whether it was on fire or not, the territory at the time that you go in or during the time you're there, if it uh, really catches on and uh, you got paid according to the, the houses. So if uh, the houses are full, you get more money, of course. Uh, that's why you like the, the, the big cities, you know, because you got usually more money uh, at the big uh, coliseums, big, bigger cities because they're usually full. So the Chicago's and uh, the Minneapolis and uh, guys, you know, place like Indianapolis and that, that, that of course you waited for those. That's why, like New York, because you know, a lot of big cities up there. Of course, you make your you transition around in a month's period of time. You go to 15 different large cities. You know you're going to get paid a lot more than you would for a little smaller town. But uh, it, you know a couple of my best years. I was uh, you know the thing with the champion up there in uh, WWE. Now you call it. Uh, was right down here in the Mid Atlantic area, because uh, those years with uh, Nikita and right around that time, right there. Matter of fact, uh, uh, and that was later on, of course. So I guess the money was was more it seemed like back in the sixties and seventies than it was the eighties and nineties, maybe you know. Like so you couldn't really compare it. But uh, I remember having a couple of my best years right around that time against the Rock and Roll Express, the Road Warriors, and. Nikita's uh, transition up in the year, uh, so 
but a lot of the territories. That's why I moved around a lot. Like, uh, I guess Harley was saying, he was right. The idea of the different territories uh, having their big towns, Florida had theirs, and Atlanta had theirs, and, and uh, you know, that's why I just keep bunching around. Like, every year, year and a half, two years, it changed territory, so it'd be fresh in each area, so you could want to skim the gravy off the top, you'd look at it that way, and be on to the next one, you know. But that, that's the way I looked at it, anyway. And maybe it wasn't as good as uh, some guys had it, because they homesteaded, I guess, and like the Paul Jones, and just one area, like the Crockett's in Mid-Atlantic, and maybe Jay Strongbone up in New York, or uh, Mr. Wrestling, too, in the Georgia area, Dusty Rose down in Florida, the, or the Briscoes. And uh, same up in New York, you know, Bruno up there, or, or whoever it may be. But uh, hey, uh, if you're really over strong and uh, you're the main main uh, draw in that area, you want to stay there as long as you can, no matter where you're at. If you're getting the main event, you know, in each of those big cities. So I, I couldn't pick one and say I'd like to be there better than the other. It was really on fire the territory, you know. As far as the money goes, you got to be. Well, the money's out, of course, but uh, I found it's good talent all over, you know. You got the rest of it. Not too many right. guys that uh, put up with me, so <laughs> go ahead. Well, you know, I, and, and so I'll jump in any time here. I don't, I don't want to hog all the questions or, or uh, take up Ivan's time here. But uh, uh, I, I just wanted to ask you, you know, you, when, when you and I talked, uh, you know, in the past, and I, I met you over at CAC, um, you always seem to have a, you know, a real positive uh, attitude about yourself and about the career that you had. And I, I, I don't want to, you know, flip the coin, but uh, I, I want just for a minute, okay? Uh, if yeah. you had to pick a negative, a negative time, uh, Ivan, out of all the, you know, uh, cards that you were on, and maybe especially back, maybe let's say in the in, in the in the earlier days, uh, did you ever run into any trouble in, let's say, in some of the, you know, in the locker room where somebody said? You know what? Uh, you know, you you know, I'm I'm I can outlift you. Uh, I can do this. I can do that. You know, somebody that uh, I don't want to say necessarily tried you, uh, but uh, did, did you ever get anybody that kind of really pushed your buttons or, or wanted to, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe take a shot at you in the locker room or anything? Uh, maybe maybe they did, but they didn't express it. I guess that way, uh, probably a, a few times uh, where I was maybe. You know, a little bit uh, tired or a little bit uh, buzzing too much or something because of the scheduling and uh, the different stuff we ended up taking. You know, over the years from injuries to you know being sleepy and you end up uh, uh, getting involved in the, the drugs and all that, and so might end up being uh, a little ignorant or do something stupid and uh, get them a little upset with you. Uh, yeah, that happened probably a, a couple times that I can remember out, but. I think they realized it, like I realized it, uh, you know, it was uh, under the influence at the time, so don't don't uh, make a big deal of it, don't be serious, and don't make it a, a thing that's going to bother you the rest of your life or the rest of your friendship for that person. Uh, I can't say that I had that I had that situation with uh, Cosmo Pizzeri on the plane of well, the Middle East. Middle East right, I remember, I remember, yeah, I recall that, yeah. that uh, story there you told yeah. me that. The one time with uh, Bob, uh, it was Ramstead, I think, uh, in Japan, where I did the arm wrestling thing. I went to arm wrestling. I was drunk, and 
Uh, I think after the second time he put me down, that Doug Rashad told me that I said to him, okay, one more time, you put me down this time, I'm going to punch you in the nose. He said, he put me down, I punched him in the nose. <laughs> All I know is the next thing I do is get up next morning and uh, they had this bill. Uh, all the boys had to each pay $300. So nobody was my friend the rest of the tour. Everybody was bad. I, think it, uh, I was responsible for tearing up the bar, I guess, and causing all this damage. And, uh, I don't even remember it. So uh, I I guess uh, uh, I was crazy because uh, they ended up, uh, I guess, saying I was fighting with them, and I don't even remember so. <laughs> Could have been much more well, fighter, that's but. a good thing, I guess. Then it didn't, didn't like you say, it didn't. You can't let it affect you the rest of your career, or uh, you know, yeah, you just have to right. turn turn your face and move on, and uh, just say, hey, yesterday was a bad day, and you know, uh, today will yeah. be a better day. That's right. Yeah, you had to look at it that way because, as a norm, I wasn't that way, and people weren't that way with me. I mean, I'm sure there was some things said at some time where the guy maybe did uh, like what I did, or said in the ring, or something like that. Maybe tried to insult me in the dressing room, but if he did do it, he did it in such a way that I didn't take it that serious because uh, I wasn't one to back down, but I wasn't one to look for a fight, you know, ran like that. It wasn't a big loss that I know of unless I was really intoxicated or under the drugs. So. <laughs> but, Hi, this is Bob. Bob, uh, uh, Bill, Bob. How is it, Bob? Hi, Bob. Listen, I, really, I do appreciate I, I'm going to ask you if you'd like to just hold, stay on the line, listen sure. in. I've got a guy calling in here from the Northwest Territories of Canada right. who uh, wow. met Ivan in, at the <laughs> Cauliflower Alley Club a couple of years ago, a, name, a guy named yeah. Ross Learn, And I'm going to get him on. He wants to talk. He's got a couple of questions. Really appreciate you coming on there, Bob. And you oh, stay on. I uh, always uh, appreciate you allowing me to come on and uh, uh uh, have a chance to talk. So uh, sure, I'll, I'll be glad to yeah. uh, yield for uh, Ross there. Okay, Ross, Ross, great, great. Ross, are you there? I I am oh. here finally. It's, yeah, sorry. We only got, have I, we, I, we, I, all, we all share one phone from, line up here. So you're calling from where? In Equalit in the Northwest Territories. Yeah, it, in the Callaway, uh actually Nunavut, Callaway, Nunavut. Nunavut. Straight okay. north of where uh, Ivan was born. Okay, wow. I'll let you guys go go for it. Welcome to Heartbeat Radio. Ivan, uh, yes, thank, thanks a lot. Um, I just want to say that, uh, Bruce, that it's, uh, I've been listening to the show all evening. Great show. Excellent. Oh, thank um, you. It's uh, Really good guest. Yeah, Ivan's a great guest, and uh, I'm happy to have him on. Yeah, you got some questions for Ivan uh, Ross. Yeah, actually, um, I've been I, I had uh, I met you um, at Cauliflower Alley actually last year when we were there in June, and uh, was introduced oh, to you and, and 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 it was it was a great experience for me. I I remember you from uh, I remember watching you uh, in mid eighties uh, with Akita. And uh, some of the some of the great tag team matches that you guys had. Um, I wanted to ask you. Um, you you've wrestled all over the world. Um, what would you say is what area would you say is the most fun to wrestle in? Which uh, which part of the world? Wow, uh, 
man, uh, I really didn't have uh, a great preference, you know, for any particular uh, area. Uh, I guess some were probably, um, uh, you know, I wasn't at home, you know, type of thing, so uh, they get a little lonely if you took a long trip to Japan, like you're gone 10 weeks or something like that, like the trip to Australia, but still then I enjoyed every one of the tours I did to Japan because uh, uh, those people over in Japan, the Japanese people are are so nice, you know, they come across to you so nice and polite and and, uh, they're so, uh, I guess, uh, kind to you, you know, they try to be real nice out of their way and to me, that found that pretty uh, appealing to, you know, because I went over there so many trips. But uh, Australia was one place I really enjoyed going to. Fiji Islands, Australia, New Zealand, and all that. And seeing that back in 1970, I'd love to go back there again, of course. And uh, and it, it, the places like over in Europe and that, uh, I had a chance to go through uh, Italy, Greece, and uh, France, and England. But uh, I'd like that more time to spend over there, uh, the Middle East, of course, Kuwait. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to be there among the, what's going on today with some of those countries, but <laughs> maybe too much action, but uh, I did, did enjoy uh, being in Kuwait and that because it, uh, we're over there entertaining a lot of troops at the time, and, and the people seemed to treat us real nice, and so I enjoyed that, but uh, I guess if I was to say one particular place would be Australia because I only went there with a one tour, and uh, I really was fond of it because it was still behind the United States a bit as far as refrigerators and all of that, you know, but uh, they had ice boxes back then when we had refrigerators here, but it was still, uh, you went out, got your meat and everything at the uh, the shop, butcher shop uh, for that day, and looked it up, whereas here in the States, you kept it in a ice box or in the refrigerator, you know, but... Uh, so that was unique, and uh, but I enjoyed uh, so much the country, Bondi Beach and everything over there in Australia, and uh, especially when you lived next door to King Curtis, and, and he, he loved his wine every day, and <laughs> have that delivered to the door, and uh, I had to help him go over there and help him uh, have a few uh, sweets to, as a taster, you know, <laughs> to make sure it was good enough for him to drink. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I don't know. I think and it's, it's and in Japan, thing. you guys are like royalty over there. Yeah, it really was because they end up uh, getting the hotel for us, transportation was all taken care of. All you had to do is, you know, listen to the guide, and, uh, take us to here, there, and check in, go to wrestle. It was like uh, uh, that was your time for entertainment, really, because uh, you could go out there and I mean, you'd be entertaining the people doing the work, but it was like uh, you're entertained at the same time too because they're, they react different over there. The fans, but they appreciate something even if you're beating somebody up, they clap and cheer for you. I mean, <laughs> even if they, <laughs> you think they'd be booing you or something. Oh, like I know they. Yeah, they Japanese rock. love their wrestling. Yeah, they did. So I enjoyed that watching the yeah. going to sumo matches too. That was a different type of wrestling, but. Uh, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, any of the places in the States, you know, when you go down south, uh, great, uh, especially in the wintertime, go down south, and, uh, preferably, you know, because uh, of the weather. But uh, I enjoyed uh, all wrestling 
throughout Canada and the States, uh, every place I went. But I guess it's, uh, I'm a little, uh, uh, leading a little bit more to the, seeing more countries over there in Europe and that, going back, taking my wife to that. Uh, she's, uh, loves Italian food, so I'd love to be able to take her to Italy and Greece and that over there because I really enjoyed the food. And, uh, at Australia, of course, uh, the sightseeing and all that stuff, beautiful over there. Did you did you find when you were wrestling in uh, in Europe and Japan that you had to change your style from the way you wrestled in in North America? Is there, is there yeah, a big difference yeah. in the way the locals wrestle in those countries? Of course, it's rounds over in Europe, but I mean, I didn't do a lot there. It was uh, we were in Kuwait and we did a just American style there because it was mostly guys from America, whether they're different countries, uh, they're all used to the American right. style of wrestling, but. Uh, Whenever I went to, uh, uh, like Japan, for example, uh, you did the same type of moves, but the Japan, they pride themselves on being in great shape, the Japanese, and uh, yeah. they like to mix it up. Uh, like whether it's uh, uh, a little bit of what they're doing today on TV with the WWE, like a lot of kicks and uh, a lot of uh, karate stuff and stuff like that. They're not afraid to use it. Very aggressive, like. Uh, so you had to be aggressive over there. Then the, the style changed here in America. Also went for more mat wrestling, getting down there, trying to make them give up and work a hold, trying to wear them down and make them submit or something to uh, more aerial yep. stuff. I don't know if they did that, uh, change it more because of the TV and more action that way or what. But uh, I, I did notice that over the years. But uh, for myself, uh, I enjoyed uh, the, the fast pace after I lost some weight, put it that way. But before that, uh, yeah. I had some matches that were <laughs> long matches, and I was still up there around the 250, 260 mark, and uh, you huff and puff more when it's a 60-minute, 90-minute match than you do if you're down there at 220. I know that. Because uh, oh, I tested for the you Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, you looked in pretty good shape when I saw you in June. So hopefully, uh, are you going to be at uh, CAC in April? I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it. Now, if, uh, I'm hoping the pitch gives me a call this year because I'd really like to be part of the, the Hall of Fame thing there. I got inducted in the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame up in Amsterdam, New York in 2011. And, of course, uh, the one right. that uh, see some of the old friends and maybe have uh, some input uh, into what they're doing today, if they would allow that, and uh, or just be there for the, the party type thing for the Hall of Fame. They invited me a couple of years ago to when Bruno was up there and inducted in New York, and I really enjoyed that. I'd take my wife uh, back again to maybe be inducted myself this time. And Vince could forgive me of the, uh, maybe some of the hard times I put him through <laughs> there. When I was up there, but have they ever know. contacted you, Ivan, uh, about this this new Russian, Rusev, or whatever? That might add a little spice to that mix if mm -hmm. uh, they maybe brought the Russian bear into to a cameo mm -hmm. or something yeah. like that. You know, that might be. Well, maybe a, I'll give the call and just uh, offer that. Maybe. Uh, yeah, cause him, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll plant. Perfect opportunity. Yeah. yeah. 
I could be an asset if they'd allow me to. As long as I didn't have to get in the ring a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, uh, the idea of uh, maybe uh, some hits uh, to this guy, maybe a little coaching that way might uh, change the direction in the eyes of the, the fans anyway and maybe uh, give it that extra, I guess, uh, yeah, well, totally. uh, he need he needs something, you know. He's beyond mm-hmm. having the uh, hot uh, girl manager. He, he he needs a little something extra from what I've seen. So maybe something like yeah. that might be yeah. good for his uh, persona or whatever. So yeah, well, I'll call more right, of him. Say... But you said that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to okay. say good night, guys. Uh, thanks, Ivan. Oh, hopefully, yeah, I'll see you down in uh, in uh, Vegas in in April. If not, take care. Yes, sir. Thanks very much, Bob. I enjoyed uh, hearing you, your, your yeah. Thanks. Uh, some good questions, and uh, love okay, to have you on any time. Thank you. All right. Hey, thank you. Take care. Talk to you real soon, thank and uh, always thank pleasure you, to be on with Ivan Koloff. That's for sure. My pleasure. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. Yeah. Thank you, Tell me, Ivan. Which, yes, sir. Any of those old guys uh, still down in Carolina area? Still, uh, do you ever cross paths with any of the Ricky Mortons and Gibsons and uh, some of the Tennessee guys? Or uh, oh yeah, it, quite often. But actually, because I I still attend some shows, uh, appearances, uh, mostly with the independents uh, things. And uh, last night I was in uh, one here, just up the road, Williamston. North Carolina. Uh, we did in conjunction with the church where we put on wrestling match at George South. Um, you see, uh, Bill Ricky Morton was there. Uh, I think Barbarian was supposed to be there. And uh, uh, Bobby Fulton was one of the Fantastics was there. Uh, oh, yeah. And we had quite, quite a few of the talent there. Some good uh, good wrestling. And uh, we had put some real good matches. We had a cage match. And uh, uh, and it was a storm outside on top of it, but the place was full, so they wanted to see it, I guess, to the people, so that was good. But uh, I really enjoyed uh, going to the shows and then seeing some of the, the old guys. See uh, Bill Eady quite often, Master Star, Barbarian. Uh, oh, yeah, how, how is Bill Eady doing these days? He's he's doing great. He's doing great, looks great. And, uh, Where is uh, he? Uh, yeah, very... Uh, Nice guy, good, uh, real uh, decent guy, Bill Eady. Uh, yeah, yeah, real good talent, good work, good work and everything. Get to see them quite often. We're going to have a big thing in uh, uh, the 29th in uh, November in uh, Winston-Salem. It's going to be a wrestle fan fest, they call it. And uh, there's going to be uh, 40, 50 old-time wrestlers there. And uh, it's, uh, it was real, real big last year, so... We're looking forward to it being uh, successful again this year. And, uh, yeah, I just want to tell the fans out there, if I have a, a moment, just to check out my daughter and uh, son-in-law's uh, page. Uh, it's Highway Revival. They're gospel singers. and They're very good. She looks just like me or uh, what I used to look like. You know, the long, curly hair, the great voice. Uh, she, she's got it now. I, I don't have it anymore. But <laughs> uh, she's real good, though. They're, they're very good. The whole group, uh, highwayrevival.com. You go to that. Of course, check out my site, ivancoloff.com. I've got the, my pictures on there. 
a book on there uh, that Scott uh, Teal wrote. Uh, is that wrestling fake? The bare facts of Ivan Kola, and uh, it tells you my biography in there. And uh, uh, anybody wants to get a picture in, it helps my ministry. And uh, whether you get it for that or designated what you want it for, uh, I do children's miracle autographs a lot too uh, around the, the country uh, for the last 22 years. So uh, that'd be I help too. We'll have this documentary on our site also whenever it comes out here with uh, uh, Michael. I know that he's done a great job with it and he's still working on it, but uh, we'll be out by the end of the year, beginning of next year. I know Michael will have uh, some of them on, uh, on his uh, site also, but uh, anytime you need uh, my book and I don't have it, I got some right there now in. Uh, order it on, uh, from me on uh the computer or uh, to my website on com, or get it from crowbarpress.com. Uh, uh, com. That's uh, Scott Teal's site. Yeah, he's got all the stuff in there. But uh, yeah. I enjoy you playing. I appreciate this. And uh, my ministry today is going good. Uh, I appreciate weddings in this area, ordained. And, uh, uh, of course, they make appearances. So anybody wants me to appear for their business or have me come in to do autographs or speak at a church or uh, use it to officiate the wedding, I'd be glad to do it. I think you'd be a great inspiration for, uh, I, I, I would think Vinny WWE could probably use a you know, guy, you know, just offering some good advice and maybe some guidance to some of their uh <laughs> Other people, you know, the, uh, you know, the drugs and the, uh, just, you know, living their lives a little better, you know. But I was wondering yes. if you, do you ever interact with uh, Diviasi and Tully? I, I know they were doing some of that stuff, you know, uh, athletes oh, in yeah. action and that that kind of stuff. They were doing some kind of uh, church-related uh, stuff, yeah. you know. And, because it's uh, Ted DiBiase's concept of what we're doing with the wrestling now and turning it into church. You know, he came up with that idea, and uh, I guess an offswing of uh, the um, uh, another Christian group that ends up uh, bending bars and breaking ice and all that stuff. We give wrestling instead, and a couple of testimonies of guys like myself and uh, what's happened. Where you know because. Been there, done that, you know, the drugs and alcohol, not proud of it, but the fact that the uh, Lord is, uh, God is so good that uh, you end up having that patience and uh, love for us that he ended up paying the price for us, and now we have a chance to uh, be able to overcome this stuff if we just believe and, and uh, turn ourselves over and uh, allow the Lord to work in our lives. We end up, uh, I know it's, uh, it's a fact that you can do it uh, because I did it uh, just by, uh, Turn my life over to the Lord and, and get into His Word, and uh, just creates more faith in you that you're able to overcome these things. And you got a great tag to be partner in the Lord. You can't go wrong. So, yeah, I think and, that uh, would be a great uh, initiative. You know, uh, more so than ever these days. You know, they've had they've had uh, way too many guys. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, become casualties of uh, drugs and yeah. all the other stuff, you know. And uh, I'm not sure if the yeah. message has got out to them yet. 
still, you yeah, know, so when I hear. Yeah. So sad to hear whenever, you know, your friends like that are dying so young and, uh, you know, but I can understand it. It's only by the grace of God that didn't happen to me because I can remember distinctly car accidents that I was, the car was totaled and I came out of it with just a few scratches and few bruises. I mean, I'm still suffering with some of the bruises to my back and stuff right to this day, but uh, it, it's just the fact that, that God wanted me around and uh, in uh it's a good God, man. It's, it's hard not to love back, you know, send the love back to him. Yeah, my wife uh, let me, she takes care of my business part of it, the computer and everything. It takes a lot of sense. I, I turned that over to her. She was just telling me that we, we do have a Twitter account also. So, you know, a couple of Facebook accounts and all that good stuff. So any fans want to keep in touch, I'd, I'd be great to come on board. I, I really... Uh, Enjoy life. I'm more excited today, and that's saying a lot. Uh, as excited as I was about getting into wrestling and being a wrestler and having that dream come true now, uh, just doing the kingdom's work for the Lord, it's uh, to me more exciting, especially when you got uh, family, a good wife like mine, and uh, a daughter and son in law that are uh, really going out there and uh, working it, you know, and, and uh, you know, just on fire for the Lord. It just makes me that more more enthused to see the, their kids, uh, my grandkids growing up uh, with, uh, you know, some direction. Uh, I, you know, I ended up going down to the juvenile detention here for 10 years until they stopped allowing that to change the rules, change the rules about having 10 commandments in schools and everything, and they keep changing these rules, and that's where we start getting all these troubles, but it just seems like uh, they uh, didn't want us to do that anymore, go in there, because I guess we're trying to keep the kids uh, too clean. They want them to get into trouble or something. I don't know, but I was going down there, and I think I was reaching a lot of the kids because I had them come up to me now, uh, 40 years later, 10 years later, and they're saying, uh, meet me on the street, and they're saying, hey, I have a call on them, you talked to me when I was in the detention center. I, I don't remember meeting them, but, man, it's good to hear that uh, you're out and uh, how things are going and to tell me uh, what an impact it had on them and all this. Man, it makes you feel good just uh, to know that you're, you're reaching some of these people that it, uh, would never do if I, I hadn't experienced uh, what I went through and the Lord allowed me to live to. It's just good to be alive today and having this challenge to go out there and uh, try to get people to the realization that drugs and alcohol will never make you happy. It's just the way God made us. We just got to have uh, Him in our life. And the, the, the sooner we do that, the, the happier we will be. So maybe somebody out there is hearing this. I hope so. I'm hoping the WWE uh, maybe hears that message because uh, uh, you'd be a great. Uh, Spokesperson, you know, getting that message across, you know, there's, there's mm-hmm. a, a huge audience out there that needs to hear that. So I, I, I'm yeah, hoping sure. they yeah. uh, maybe uh, maybe give it some thought. You know, there's so many wrestlers have kind of gone down the wrong road and um, have paid the price for it. You know, so that's right. Yeah, only by the grace of God. Hi, that's right. Hi, Ivan. Listen, we're, our show is almost over here. Hello? Sure. Yeah. Can you hear me okay? 
Yeah, the show's coming down to an end soon. Uh, I just uh, wanted to see if uh, Merv or uh, Chris have any final words for uh, Ivan. And then uh, before we say goodnight, uh, Ivan, uh, Chris, are you still here? Yeah, it's a pleasure sitting here and listening uh, that uh, I felt uh, there was nothing I could add further because they're very, very interesting to hear, you know, all those years and when you look at a, at a career that was that long and that was that successful, that's really having made a mark in your life and uh, now having a follow-up in your later years is uh, even better. So all the best to you, Ivan. It, it really has been a pleasure talking to you again. Thank you so much. You know, you guys have been great. And I appreciate each and every one of the fans out there over the years and get the chance to reach out to you right there now. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, brother. And uh, God bless you uh, all. Thank you. Chris Gilman, are you still on there? I am still on. I do want to second what uh, Mr. Unger uh, had to say. Uh, and, and Merv, I wasn't trying to bypass you earlier. Uh, good evening. I hope you're doing well. Um, but definitely a, a very inspirational story um, that you have, Ivan. Um, I mean, you're you know you're wrestling your wrestling career and uh, going on to do you know even bigger and better things later on in life and and uh, ministering to people and and telling your story. So most definitely uh, very very much inspirational and. Uh, I definitely appreciate your uh, your time and courtesy again this evening. Now, thank you to all of you, Chris, Bob, Bert, and Michael. God bless you all. Thank you so much for allowing me to come on here. Yeah, we'll have like to have you on here again. We'll have Bruce. We'll have to have uh, Ivan on here. Yeah, I just like to say I, it's been a real pleasure for me and and an honor. You know, I uh, since I was a little kid, I had heard about Ivan and I heard so many people uh talk of him, you know, I never heard anyone ever say a bad word about him and he certainly uh more than lived up to that, you know, uh real class act and uh you know, uh the real deal. So I, I'm honored that he chose to come on the show and uh it was uh great hearing from you, Ivan and uh keep up the good work, uh you're an inspiration to uh, a whole generation, so I, I'm really happy that you saw fit to grace the show with your presence. So thank you very much. Pleasure, brother. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you coming on here too. All you guys, thank you so much for allowing me to do this. And I look forward to having you back. For uh, love to have you on again. Yep, just give me a holler anytime. Thank you. Too. Thank you, guys. God bless. Thank you. Okay, thank you. God bless. Good night to all the fans out there, and thank you, Bob. Uh, you did a great job. Uh, listen, so, Bruce, uh, we have uh, we have a big show next week and a couple of more big shows, and uh, in case people don't know, next week we have an encore show, one-on-one uh, -on -one with Terry Funk. You wow. and Johnny Mantell will be talking. We've got two hours with Johnny to talk to Kerry Punk next week. And the following oh. week, uh, we have none other than 
Dom Danucci. Well, he'll be coming on. So uh, well, the uh, we've got some pretty good shows coming up, and there's uh, the Ricky Morton. Italian, Italian. Italian. Yeah, well, we'd love to get Ivan on there with Ricky Morton. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, we'd love to have him back here. Tennessee stories, and uh, you tell me you're working on inviting some of the other Tennessee legends, including uh, maybe Jerry the King and the Jarrett's and uh, Honky Tonk and some of those guys. So that should be great. Yeah, we're looking forward to having those guys on. Well, it's uh, great uh, hearing some of the stories tonight, Bob, and uh, I guess... Yeah, uh, I just uh, uh, personally want to... Go ahead. Yeah, I'd just like to thank all the fans for uh, tuning in tonight, and uh, I'll let you uh, wrap it up there, Bob. Thanks very much, and uh, God bless. Okay. Again, fans, thanks for listening in here this evening to Heartbeat Radio uh, on ProWrestlingPowerhouseRadio.com. The show is, will be archived in a little while. You can listen to this show tonight, or you can listen to all the shows we've had. We've had some great, uh, in case you've missed any of the broadcasts, we've had so many names of people on the show, uh, and it's all archived on uh, Heart Brother Radio on our Facebook. So uh, again, next week, Terry Funk, one-on-one with Bruce and Johnny Mantell. Following week, we'll have Don Danucci coming on one on one with Bruce and Johnny Mantel. Again, I want to thank uh, Ivan Koloff being on this evening. And what a big shout out here to my friend uh, Mike McCurdy for helping me at the beginning. Uh, Mike has the IW, ICW uh, wrestling uh, radio show in uh, California. And thank you uh, for being on. I really appreciate him helping me out here. No problem, Bob. I'll do it for you anytime, man. I'm still here. That's 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 wonderful. I just have to get over the woolies, I guess, or whatever it is they call it. But I'll figure this out one of these days. Mike, again, thank you very much, and we'll we'll hook up with you. Uh, we have to have you on the show one of these nights. Sounds great, Bob. Glad to help. Thank you. Okay. All our fans, good night. See you next week. Terry Funk, one-on-one. Thank you. And thank you, Mike. Thank you, Bruce. Good night.